everyone, and welcome to another episode of Access Ability, that show on YouTube where I, Laura K. Buzz, talk about the video game industry, accessibility and representation. Basically, can we help more people to be able to play games, and more people to see themselves in the games they play? Now, when it comes to helping more people be able to play more video games, there are two major routes that developers can take. There's the hardware accessibility route, and the software accessibility route. A key example of the hardware accessibility route is Microsoft's accessibility-focused controller for the Xbox One and PC. It's a modular controller where players can plug in whatever kinds of peripherals, first or third party, will help them to play games more effectively. Maybe it's a foot pedal they can put on the floor rather than having to hit the A button, maybe it's a joystick they can hold separately from where the rest of their buttons are. Basically, what physical inputs would be easier for you to access button inputs with? And on the other side of the equation we have a software accessibility route. That's games like Celeste and Dishonored 2 that we talked about last week where you can go into the settings menu and tweak things like how often you can recharge your weapons or how fast the game plays. Now, in theory, I love the idea of attempting to use software level fixes to fix a lot of problems in video game accessibility. As great as hardware-based solutions are, they do require players to purchase a secondary controller, usually more expensive than their standard controller, in order to access those helps. Additionally, if your accessibility solution is sort of gated behind hardware, it means that people that maybe need that help, but aren't ready to accept, oh, I, I, I need that help enough that I'm going to buy additional hardware, might not make use of it. Software level solutions for accessibility are there for everyone, right out of the box. As soon as you buy the game, those options are there. The only problem is, when we talk about software level accessibility solutions, all too often we have to cite little examples from different games to show what a good solution might look like. We've had examples of games that have come really close to being the example of how to do this, but there's an example of a video game that released today, the day this episode goes up, that I think blows every existing example out the water of how to do video game accessibility. So, let's talk about The Last of Us 2, and why I think it provides the template that not only Sony, but all developers should be looking at going forward if they want to make their AAA video games more accessible to more disabled players. Now, before we get started, don't worry. This video will be entirely spoiler-free, we're just here to talk about accessibility, not anything about the plot or gameplay surprises. There's going to be some gameplay on screen, but it's going to be very early game stuff. Now, I want to warn you up front, even without hitting on every single accessibility option available in The Last of Us 2, this is going to be a pretty damn long list. Buckle up, settle yourself in, there's a wonderfully huge amount to cover. Up top, The Last of Us 2 offers players three different accessibility presets, each designed to help people with a specific kind of disability impacting their play. The Vision Accessibility preset, designed for players who are partially sighted or even totally blind, includes options for text-to-speech support in well over 20 languages, larger HUD sizes, various degrees of automated targeting lock-on, audio cues to help with non-visual traversal and combat, a setting to prevent you falling off ledges to your death, unlimited invisibility while prone, and the option to skip puzzles which may not be accessible without clear eyesight. This preset also includes a high contrast mode, where at any time the game can quickly switch into a black and white environment, with players, enemies and interactables all highlighted in bold and easy to spot colours. The Hearing Accessibility preset, for deaf or hard of hearing players, 
includes preset settings for visual on-screen indicators, visual dodge prompts, highly customizable story and combat subtitles, subtitle names and direction indicators, and increased vibration cues in combat to replace audio cues. The motor accessibility preset, useful for players like myself with motor control disabilities, allows for degrees of auto-targeting of enemies, automatic pickup and ammo swapping, assistance controlling the camera and traversing the environment, infinite breath so that underwater sections are no longer time-limited, no ledge falling, held buttons replacing button mashing or combos, deactivated weapon sway, the ability to skip puzzles, and some tweaked combat options. These three presets can all be customised, and all of their customizations are available to all players regardless, but they demonstrate a clear understanding of some basic categories of accessibility needs, and a thoughtfulness about settings that might help a disabled player jump into the game quickly without having to fiddle too much in menus. Now, before we dive in further to the rest of this huge list of accessibility features the game supports, I want to point out that the Vision accessibility preset is by far the most ambitious of the three, and the one I am most pleased to see Naughty Dog take the time to work on. The idea of making a AAA video game playable from start to finish by players who are entirely blind is phenomenal, and one that I hope we see given the attention it deserves. Seriously, this could open up the game to so many more people who usually cannot play big budget titles, and that's super exciting. I was able to play through the opening hour of The Last of Us 2 with zero visual input, and I did pretty well. Granted, it was not a perfect experience, it had a couple of hiccups here and there, but for the most part, I was able to play the game out of the box with no visual input as someone who's never tried to do that with a video game before. By clicking the left stick, I was able to reorient the camera in the direction of where progress was, and not just as the crow flies, but on a route that would safely take me to my destination. By holding down the listen button, I could then ping to hear where enemies were, and set that auto-targeting to take me to the next enemy, or to the nearest item that was able to be picked up. And on top of that, there were a whole multitude of different audio pings going on that were highlighting to me where I needed to crouch, where I needed to go prone, where I needed to leap over something. While the game did a good job in the grand strokes of taking me from point A to point B without visual input, and using audio to give me a sense of which direction I was turning and where I was heading in the scene, the game struggled a lot more with fine detail and getting me to the very finish line on a journey. I would sometimes reach a door that I needed to go through, or a person I needed to talk to, and be in the correct location, but not be facing exactly the right way to trigger that interaction, and just sort of have to walk in circles for a minute, mashing the button until I got there. Additionally, and this is a bit of a strange oversight, the game doesn't have any kind of audio descriptions, and relies on on-screen text and character dialogue to tell you what's going on if you don't have visual input. Now, for most scenes this is perfectly adequate. The game does a great job of foley work and giving you a sense of what's going on around you in the scene, what the weather's like, what kind of environment you're in, whether you're inside or outside, where characters are positioned, but it would have been nice to occasionally just have a little on-screen prompt that said, Ellie is drawing in her notebook and she's drawing a rabbit, it's night time. You know, just a little scene setting before the dialogue begins. But that said, the fact that with no prior experience I was able to play through the opening hour of this game, combat included, without any visual input, is a real testament to how much of a step forward this is for AAA game design. So, with that out of the way, let's talk about the full list of accessibility features offered by The Last of Us 2, because it's a very lengthy granular list and there is so much important stuff on here to discuss. 
all controls in The Last of Us 2 can be fully remapped, which might not sound like a big deal by itself until you realise that that includes all motion controls and touchpad swipes too. Nintendo, look at this game and learn lessons. If you care about accessibility, it is possible to make motion controls remappable into button presses to help more people play your games. Accessibility is more important than you wanting us to waggle a controller around. If you personally need to hold a controller sideways or upside down to get a better grip on it, the game can adjust the analogue sticks to treat a new direction as being up. If you need to play one-handed, which the game already has left and right-handed presets prepared for, The Last of Us 2 will automatically put the camera behind you whichever way you move, allowing you to explore without needing to use a second analogue stick. You can customise your level of automated targeting lock-on for enemies, up to a point where it'll automatically target enemies even when they're not on screen yet. The game's HUD can be customised to make it easier to see with darker backgrounds or increased sizes. The game has three different colourblindness modes, and the game even includes a whole section of settings designed to reduce motion sickness, from camera shakes and motion blur sliders, to field of view, camera distance from the player, and having a persistent dot in the centre of the screen. Those motion sickness settings in particular are ones that I personally benefit a lot from seeing in this game. You can hit a button to be pointed in the direction of story progress, or a pair of buttons to be pointed at the nearest pickups or creatures. You can automate jumps and sprinting, as well as other traversal tasks. For totally blind players, you can set a stereo sound to ping and alert you to the direction and distance of enemies, and ping differently when you get close enough to them for a stealth takedown. There are sounds for when your aiming sights are correctly pointed at an enemy, to alert you to the location of cover, sounds to tell you to crouch in level traversal, and sounds to tell you when there's a gap to jump over. If you struggle with combat, The Last of Us 2 has you covered as well. You can set hostages not to escape, your allies not to get grabbed, enemies to not flank you and get behind your location, enemies to be less observant of you in stealth, enemy accuracy can be dropped, you can have better dodges, you can toggle on and off slow motion play, and you can get visual indicators on screen to show you the direction from which an enemy injured you. And this is all before we've even hit the game's actual difficulty mode options. As a default, the game offers players very light, light, moderate, hard, and survivor difficulties, but also features an option for custom difficulty, which lets you tweak a whole bunch of granular settings. How much damage will enemies deal? How often will the game give you mid-fight checkpoints? How aggressive are enemies? How complex are their attack patterns? How fast do they move in charging attacks? How much will or won't your allies kill enemies on your behalf? How stealthy are you? How much ammo does the game give you access to? Oh, and none of the game's achievements are tied to difficulty, so you can platinum this game regardless of how many difficulty and accessibility modifiers you apply to your playthrough. <sighs> and breathe. What I think The Last of Us 2 really gets right in terms of software level accessibility is the way it hits on, quite possibly, every good example of software accessibility I have seen in gaming across every other game, and then goes a step above and beyond afterwards. From customizable difficulty, to presets for specific disability groups, small tweaks through to support for players entirely devoid of their sense of sight, The Last of Us 2 seems to have settings suitable for literally every conceivable kind of player that could be helped with a software level accessibility feature. It is a masterpiece in terms of the efforts it has gone to in attempting to help more people play one of the year's biggest games. Software-based accessibility will never be a complete replacement for hardware-based accessibility in games. There are some things you just can't do unless you allow a player to press a different input that isn't their standard controller. But for the foreseeable future, The Last of Us 2 is going to stand as an example of what you can do if you put all of the effort and resources you can into software-based accessibility. 
From now on, developers are not going to have the excuse of, we didn't know what to do to help disabled players. We can just point to The Last of Us 2 and say, no matter what you think of that game's quality as a whole, it really nails software level accessibility and if you copy basically everything this game tried to do, you will be a long way on the road to making your game playable by more people. If I could ask Sony one thing going into this next generation of consoles with the PlayStation 5, it would be this. Whoever at Naughty Dog was responsible for spearheading the approach to software accessibility, get that person, take them to every one of your first party studios and get them to give them a lecture, get them to have a talk about here's what we did, here's how we got to this point, here's who it helps. Get that person or that group of people at Naughty Dog to help set a framework for all of your first party studios and to make this a Sony initiative. Make it so that every first party game on PlayStation 5 has this level of software accessibility. I know it's a lot to ask, I know it's going to be expensive, I know it's going to require training, but seriously, this could be your answer to the Microsoft Accessibility Controller. No software solution will ever be a total replacement for a hardware solution to accessibility, but this could be your move. This could be where you make a stand and say, we can make games more playable to more people. You did it with The Last of Us 2, you've clearly got the first party money, please.